Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Thursday, September the 15th, 2022, and we are continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 28, the third paragraph. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Jen T., the 12 Traditions, Nancy R., and readers of the text, Jen A., Reva P., and Nancy R. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, September the 14th, the 7 a.m. meeting, 19402, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 19403. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jen T. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Jen P. I'm a recovering compulsive overeater from New Jersey. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and we were, when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Jen P. 
and Nancy R. will read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Nancy. Thank you so much, Lynn. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this is Nancy R. I'm a compulsive overeater in New York. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much for letting me do this terrific service, and I, and I pass. Thank you, Nancy R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We're in the chapter, There is a Solution, page 28, the third paragraph, The Distinguished American Psychologist. Jen A., could you get us started, please? Absolutely. Good morning, Lynn. The distinguished American psychologist, William James, in his book, Varieties of Religious Experience, indicates a multitude of ways in which men have discovered God. We have no desire to convince anyone that there is only one way by which faith can be acquired. 
If what we have learned and felt and seen means anything at all, it means that all of us, whatever our race, creed, or color, are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. Those having religious affiliations will find here nothing disturbing to their beliefs or ceremonies. There is no friction among us over such matters. My name is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater um, here living in Colorado. And, uh, oh boy, William James, if you're just coming into the program, you know, this dude was a psychologist and philosopher. And I only know this because I've listened to the history buffs and um, studied the big book and the several different books. There's four of them. You can look them up. Um, that have that take part in um, building the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the varieties of religious experience is just one of those books. Um, so why is this important to me as a compulsive overeater? Well, you know, as we've been reading here, you know, there's there's different ways of uh, finding God and and like so many people say, I didn't come here to find God. I came here to get free from my compulsive foods and my behaviors and. I'm the same I'm the same way too. You know, I fit into the mold exactly. Um but you know what I found is um that through this discovery process um you know it, it it's like this this uh it's not religion that's important. It's the spiritual transformation. It's the transformation of the heart and soul. And I think that's what I started hearing from people in the rooms is that they had freedom from food and that their life was different. And they weren't there and to argue with me about it like so many religious affiliations were that I was associated with in churches that I attended. They weren't trying to persuade me that their God was the right God. Um, and they weren't trying to convince me, right? They Everybody was pretty open-minded and Overeaters Anonymous, and they came from all sorts of backgrounds. Um, and like he says here, it's this multitude, many ways that one can reach this higher power greater than yourself because I always thought it was God. I always thought I was the power. I'm like, I got this, you know, um, I sang that, that song, I got the power. And, you know, it was like, yeah, I got power. No, you got nothing, Jen. <laughs> and, um, you know, here I found out in these rooms and reading this book and hearing other people share their experience, strength and hope that they had a simple understanding of something bigger than themselves that they called God or HP or goddess. There were so many different names in the rooms. And by being willing and being honest, they, they found this newfound faith. Um, and you know, it's, it's a, it's a conception. Um, there's no one way, no monopoly. Those are different like things that I read in the big book, um, that I began to hear. Um, but, you know, what was really won over for me was not a church or a pastor or a preacher or a religion. What was won over was my heart. My heart was won over by this program and this process. Um, you know, I've, I've grown on different levels and transcended different levels of consciousness with my creator. And over time, it's, it's become deep. It's profound. It's, it's this experience that I've had. So I love that, you know, it's an experience, a variety of religious experiences that he talks about. It's an individual experience. And we're all here and we've all experienced something different. 
But I had to have the experiences of before I came into program and before I came to this place to have the experience that I had today in the program and how I continue to have them. And I'm just in awe on how I just keep getting cracked open bigger and bigger. You know, I have these little pockets of, of disbelief in my life. Can God do this? And then I'm reminded, oh, crap, girl, you're not eating food and you're not doing the crap that you used to do the behaviors that you used to do, how is that possible? I do believe that there's something bigger than me. So this this paragraph just proves it. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, Please step back and let others have their turn. And please, say your name just once, as it does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? Rachel K. Janice S. Rick J. Nancy R. Anyone else? Judith S.P. Blanca B.G. Okay, let me tell you our lineup, please. I have Rachel K., Janice S., Rick J., Nancy R., Judith S.P., and Blanca B.G. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody who does service to make this meeting happen. Yeah, this passage, you know, I'm not a William James scholar, so I don't have a lot to say about that. Um, uh, Although, you know, his book is always on my to-read list. Never have gotten around to reading it. But I love the words. I, I sort of zeroed in on the words simple and understandable terms, a relationship uh upon simple and understandable terms and i talk to a lot of people who you know say well what's your relationship and i don't know if i'm doing this right or i'm praying right or i don't feel what i'm supposed to feel or or when does this happen and maybe i'm not recovered even though i'm not eating and i've worked at 12 steps because i don't feel this all the time and I'm, I'm reminded by um, Dr. Bob's farewell speech when he said, you know, let's not louse things up. Um, let's keep it simple, basically, is what he was saying. And he was talking about not complicating the program with, like, Freudian theory and things like that. But I, I think, as at least for me, I can only speak for myself as an addict, I tend to want to complicate things or think, you know, am I doing this right? Am I feeling what I'm supposed to feel? And... For me, when I had my spiritual experience and continue to have a relationship with God, I have to keep it simple. You know, we are people who love, I am people who love to complicate things. And you know what? All I need to know is there is a higher power, you know, that I have God and it's not me. And when I sort of let go of trying to, um, trying to wrap my brain around it, 
um, that's when the miracle happened, when I just trusted, okay, you know, there is one, and he's got my back, and he's going to take care of everything, and if I'm not feeling it so much, just just act like it's true, you know, worst case scenario, it's not, and I get to the end of my life, and I've lived a happy, productive, useful wonderful life without getting in the food and I find out it was all a figment in my imagination. Well, ha, huh, joke's on me. You know, I don't really care. I don't care if I'm right or not. Um, and, and, um, but today I believe and letting go of trying to figure it out and trying to complicate it um, has, you know, just borne such beautiful fruit, such wonderful fruit that, you know, I am eternally grateful that has been you know, abstinence is great and recovery is great and the body changes are great, but the relationship with God and that being the center of my life is the biggest gift that this program has given me. Um, so this is a good reminder for me, you know, simple and understandable terms. It's relationship. It's simple. I love God. He loves me. And my life is about what I can do for him and his kids. Um, so anyway, that's it. Thanks, everybody, and I'll pass. Have a great day. Thank you, Rachel K. Janice S., it's your turn, followed by Rick J. Good morning, Janice. Good morning. This is Janice S., like sunshine, from Tennessee. Um, thank you for this opportunity. Um, the thing that stood out to me um, just very, very brightly this morning, I will put it like that, is all of us are the children of a living creator with whom we may form a relationship upon simple and understandable terms as soon as we are willing and honest enough to try. I just find that uh, overwhelming to me this morning because I, I'm willing, I say that I am willing to try, and, and I have been willing, and, and God has helped me with that. But none of this would work without the key element of realizing that my creator, someone bigger than I am, is at the helm of every bit of this. You know, I, I no longer ask the question, what have I got to lose? I mean, you know, I've tried every possible means in the world to lose weight before. I mean, I could write a book. I, I could put on my resume that I am a professional dieter. There's not any diets I haven't tried. I've, I've, I ordered soap one time to lose weight. I was willing to try that. So, you know, what have I got to lose I don't need to ask that question anymore. I need to ask myself, what have I got to gain? Because since I have found this program and I have built this relationship and found this spiritual awakening, I have learned way more than what it is to be an overeater or anything about food. And when I read that this morning, it just, um, I guess I just felt a a huge sigh of relief and thankfulness and gratefulness for this program and these few words that just popped out to me. And I hope that 
I hope that it reached someone else. I'm so grateful to be here, thankful for this program. I hope everybody has a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you, Janice S. Rick J., it's your turn, followed by Nancy R. Welcome, Rick. Hey, good morning, Lynn. Uh, Rick J. here. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Cary, North Carolina, and uh, love hearing the shares this morning. I'm really identifying in, and I think that's the key word for me is identifying in and not comparing. Um, you know, my journey here was, um, you know, for a spiritual awakening, the only thing that was, was blocking me from a spiritual awakening was me. And I was not uh, simply not willing and honest enough to really try. I, I had too many preconceived notions and I'm so grateful. I just kept coming back. And, you know, for me, I, I came to believe in a, in a higher power uh, working through you before I actually can believe it working in me because that's exactly what I experienced. I, I saw in, in others, this, this transformation, this something I couldn't quite understand that was going on, something about his eyes, you know, uh, Bill talks about with Evie and, um, you know, I knew enough about you that, that I could relate with you and knew you knew what you were talking about. I knew we came from the same place and I knew you were at a different place than I was now. Yeah. Simple and understandable terms, willing and honest enough to try, you know, and um, I feel differently now. It's, I can't really describe this higher power. I don't, know what it really looks like I know what it feels like and this process this this um, beginning to feel differently it started as I was going through the steps after I put down the food and I went through the steps I began to to feel differently I began to think differently I really did and I knew that something was happening within me that was something that I could not conjure up on my own I'm very grateful that they leveled the playing field on this spirituality, you know, and it's not about a religion. It's about a spiritual awakening. That's why we go through these steps to have a spiritual awakening, to connect with the power greater than ourselves because we're powerless. We are completely powerless over this. And if I continue to be willing and honest enough to try on a daily basis, you know, just because I've, reached a certain level of of spiritual connection that was my problem in the past is my arrogance felt that i had done everything i knew to work and i didn't need to do anymore and now i just simply do everything that i've learned on a daily basis now and you know no big shock i keep living in a, a state of spiritual connection to the best of my ability that power that's there it's real Time, it please. doesn't matter what we call it. It's simply a power that's real in our lives. All I need to do is connect to that power. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rick J. Nancy R., it's your turn, followed by Judith S. P. Good morning, Nancy. 
Good morning. It's Nancy, our recovered compulsive overeater from Illinois. So grateful to be recovered today. Um, I love this line. We have no desire to convince anyone that there is only one way by which faith can be acquired. That's a, um, a big part of me identifying in to this program is that um, no one was telling me uh, how to acquire my faith. And um, that really is a personal relationship with my higher power that I um, connect with. And it's not even that I define it. It's that um, it's defined within me and always has been. And it feels very personal and very relational. And every morning when I wake up, I you know, start with my 11th step upon awakening. And I'm eternally grateful for that because I've only been doing that for, you know, nine months or so, not even nine months, you know, maybe beginning this year and I've been in program for years. And, you know, before that I talked to God and I um, connected with God and I always wanted to connect deeper with my higher power and more often throughout the day, and I'm still on that journey of more often throughout the day, I love waking up with doing the 11th step, with just being in that relationship. It's like just rolling over and waking up and uh, saying good morning, and what's what am I doing today? <laughs> How am I serving you today? And please keep my thoughts divorced from self-pity, self-seeking, resentment, dishonesty, and fear. Like, yeah. And knowing as I'm praying that, that I'm going to feel most of those things throughout the day. I'm going to think, but I have this program and I have my higher power to help me surrender and notice those things and say, oh yeah, I did it. I did it. I do. I still, I'm a human being. I think these ways, but I have a program to free me of that um, emotional buildup so that I can continue to live free in my life um, every day. So I'm just very grateful for all of you. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Nancy R. Judith S.P., it's your turn, followed by Blanca B.G. Please go ahead, Judith. Hi, good morning, everyone, and thank you, Lynn. My name is Judith S.P. from Maryland, greatly recovered for today. Um, when I uh, read and hear others share on this paragraph, the words gentleness and respect um, come into my heart and in my mind and in my spirit. And I realize that I've spent many years in the food, blaming others. Uh, why did I have the parents I have? Why did I have the upbringing I have? Although there were many wonderful parts of it. Um, and I don't know. It, uh, in growing up, it was my perception, which is only Judith's perception of what was going on, 
So thank you, God. I've been released from all these conditions and all these resentments, not all, a lot of them. I'm still working at it. Um, but what this paragraph is is sharing with me is the gentle level playing field and the key words that the key word is faith i don't have to be convinced or convince anyone of faith but for me to have become recovered and continue to share with others and be part of such an amazing fellowship i had to start with faith and the knowledge that I alone could no longer do anything to take myself from the bondage of hell into the world of love and light of God. And uh, what also has touched me, coming from Brooklyn, New York, which even back when I grew up was fairly diverse, and I'm part of a very diverse family now. And the fact that they highlight Whatever our race, creed, or color are the children of a living creator. We're all the same, different in our own uniqueness, just as the snowflakes and the stars and the shells and everything else that poetically is spoken of. But every time I connect with another human being, whether in program or as I'm traveling in my world, they are the faces of God, and I no longer have to be an opinionated, right-focused SOB. I, I don't have to do any of that anymore. I can walk in love and light of God and know that this book is teaching me that it's okay to have your opinion. It's okay to have a different look. It's okay to do whatever but just respect others where they're coming from and do my will every day. And the only way I can do God's will is to have the faith and trust in him. And with that, I pass, and thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Judith S.P. Blanca B.G., please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Um, May I be heard? Yes, thank you. Um, Good morning, everyone. Thank you for your service, uh, moderator, and everyone on the line. I I appreciate everyone who's listening as well. And um, when my mother gave my siblings and I a, a groundwork, she gave us a basis for, you know, the basics for religion when we were all very young. She wanted us to have some kind of faith as we went into adulthood, I'm sure because she knew we were going to need it, that my mom was a pretty wise lady, and she knew that in our, as we approached adulthood, life was going to get more complicated and we needed something to hang on to. She raised us alone. My father wasn't around. but uh, And I went to church. I went to, we were raised Catholic, and I went to church, and I went to Saturday school and I went to Mass, and even up until I was 13, 14 years old, I I continued to go to Mass. But um, the one place that uh, that I just couldn't bear bear it 
I didn't understand it was the confessional. The confessional was something, you know, I just didn't get it. You know, oh, I'm supposed to go into this little box and I'm supposed to tell my most intimate thoughts and my fears and my sins to some stranger on the other side. Uh, you know, I just, I couldn't wrap my mind around it and it, and it terrified me. And I, I believe now it's because so much of my life was, as an addict, my life was already getting steeped in shame, you know, uh, that came from the adults that were around me and then, of course, instilled all of that in me. So I, looking back now, I realized it was a shame factor. Well, fast forward to coming to, a, to OA, and there I was, the fifth step, the fifth step. And I remember thinking, wow, you know, I have to admit to another person, here I am again. But it was so different because the person that I was doing my fifth step with had a beautiful, warm smile on her face. And she didn't stop looking at me with love, no matter what I told her. It wasn't some stranger behind a wooden, some kind of barrier, you know, in a little secluded room. We did it in a beautiful garden. And she was there with me and every step of the way. And suddenly... I realized how how much more loving and freeing this was. And that's when I realized that OA had given me this gift of being able to share myself completely and totally with someone that uh, I didn't really know that well, but it was okay because we were in program together and she knew me. She She had lived the same life I had and was so beautiful and understanding. So I continue to um, to lean on OA. I continue to face the challenges of my life with my higher power I... and with the people in OA that know me and understand me. And it's a beautiful thing. And on that, I'll pass. Thank you, Blanca B.G., for those of us who might have come on the line a little bit later this morning, we are continuing our study of the big book in the chapter, There is a Solution. On page 28, the third paragraph, the distinguished American psycho- psychologist. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you share it on Tuesday or Wednesday, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Who would like to share? ADG. Leanna C. Bonnie B. Wendy B. Okay, let me tell you who I heard, please, because I did miss somebody. I heard Katie G, Leah, Bonnie B, Nessa R, and Wendy. Who did I miss, please? Janice PM, did you hear me? Gotcha now, thank you. Thank you. All right, let's go with that lineup. Katie G, Leah, Bonnie B, Nessa R, Wendy, and Janice PM. Good morning, Katie. Hey, Lynn. Thanks for taking the meeting this morning. Hey, good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. I'm recovered by God's grace and mercy, uh, compulsive eater, anorexic, and bulimic. 
you know, I just, I just want to say one thing, which is that um, I've really learned a lot recently about um, one of my favorite lines in We Agnostics. It says, be quick to see where religious people are right, make use of what it offers. And so um, I can be quite the Katie, we lost you. Hey, Lynn, what one. did you hear? Oh, what you did you not? Should I just start at the beginning? I think I, sure. Okay, guys, I'm going to try this again. Two times a charm. Katie G, I am here. So um, my favorite line in We Agnostics is, be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. And I can be quite the contrarian if you have listened to me in the past. I can be very loud and um, want to say things that are really contrary. And um, what I love about this paragraph is it's not about anti-religion. It's not about anti-spiritual. It's not about choosing one side. You know, like I came in here and I was 27 and my God was very open. And, and, and as I've continued, my God has become a lot different, like very similar to, well, no, the, the God that I've grown up with. And um, we have no desire to convince anyone there is one way by which faith can be acquired. You know, all of us, me, this sniveling, compulsive eater, anorexic and bulimic, who for the past years have been asleep, dreaming I've been awake, and my only God has been the scale and exercise. Guess what? Me too. Me too. I am the child. I am the child of a living creator. Like this creator, like all I have to do is take a deep breath and God is there. God is there. Whoever she, he, it, creator, higher power, you know, for me, it can't be a doorknob. It's got to be God. It's got to be something bigger than me. Right? Upon a simple and understandable terms, as soon as I am willing and honest, right? It has to start with honesty. That's my that's my theme song, right? If I if I'm dishonest with food, exercise, my husband, my credit card, stealing, whatever it is, I am putting a sign on my forehead that says, God keep out. I mean I needed to call um a fellow yesterday and say i'm counting calories i don't want to eat hummus or guacamole because it seems like it's less fat but like these are the crazy thoughts i have right and then the second thought is god who cares right there and i i just really want to emphasize what i'm learning is there's no friction right our our world outside of 12-step is very friction-based but here we are. We're all children of God, creator. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if it's a church God or a, a grass God or a creator God. Like, it's all God. And um, thank you. I just want to wrap up by saying our God is so good. God put himself deep down inside every one of us. We just got to get out of the way. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Leah, it's your turn, followed by Bonnie B. And can we have the initial of your last name, please? Thank you so much, Lynn. Good morning, everyone. My name is Leah S. from Brooklyn, New York. and so grateful and recovered and recovering. So um, when I came into these rooms, um, I thought I would never, ever, become abstinent from a person that was eating the entire day and not even knowing it 
um, I just thought, it, it's not going to happen. This is going to be such a big miracle. And I got to step three, and I said to myself, oh, no, I'm still different than everyone else in this world. And I heard on in these rooms, with the same intensity that you ate, and with the same intensity that you gave to planning and, 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 and conniving your foods and, and hiding them, that, that same intensity give to this program. Just try it out. And I realized how hardcore I was. And I'm beginning to tell you that I'm learning even more about my God because this is a constructive action of life. It's not about just abstinence. It's about living my life. And during this COVID period that I had, I thought, okay, that's it. And then getting out of this COVID and getting another infection, thinking, oh God, you really want me to talk to you a little bit more. It's not about the trouble. Nothing Nothing in my life is going to be by popping those truffles into my life. That's not the answer. There are such more important answers and such more satisfying answers. And thank you, God. Thank you, God, for giving me this program so that I can live my life in, in alliance with you. And let me never forget it. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Leah S. And now, Bonnie B., followed by Nessa R. Good morning, Bonnie. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for your service, Lynn. And thank you for all the shares so far. Bonnie B. from Minnesota. Gratefully recovered by the grace of God. Um, couple of things jumped out. This is a program for me of attraction, not promotion. Um, I was a girl that really wanted to promote everything. And if you would have gone back and looked at my history, if something worked for 45 seconds, I was promoting it. But this program is so different because what brought me in and what kept me in was what it talks about on page nine in the big book where it says there was something about his eyes. They were different. The people that I spoke with in this program, even though I wasn't recovered early on, they had something I wanted. And it wasn't something that you could buy. And it was something that I, that I couldn't um, touch necessarily. I, you know, as time went on, what I came to understand is that you can't make this stuff up. If someone has it, they actually have it. What you want to call it, you can call it whatever you want, but I call it a connection to God. I call it my heart connecting with his heart day by day upon arising throughout the course of the day and back at night again. I think about um, the wind sometimes and how you can't see the wind. You can see the effect of the wind and you can see the results of the wind and you can feel the wind if you close your eyes, but you can't necessarily see it. And that's how I like in my relationship with God. I can't always see it, but I can feel him. He is present. The moment I take a breath in and invite him in, he is present with me. 
And so I have the privilege, as does everyone else, if I step away from others and allow God to do for them what only he can do, to form a relationship with God. And that's a really personal thing. And it's a beautiful thing. And if I do it that way, there is no friction because I don't have a horse in the race. I'm allowing them to figure out who God is, and he'll show up just like he showed up for me. And it's very, very, very personal, and that's what makes it so beautiful. And that's the gift of being able to give it away. I don't have to say, here's the formula, because there isn't a formula. But there's definitely a God. The moment that we're willing to you know, take a deep breath and invite him in, whatever that looks like, he will enter in. And then he does for us the stuff we couldn't do for ourselves, and we do call those miracles. And that's the stuff that attracts other people, because you can't make it up and there's no price tag on it. And so grateful as always. Um, And with that, I'll pass. Thank you again. Thank you, Bonnie B. Nessa R., it's your turn, followed by Wendy. Good morning, Nessa. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I'm one of those people who doesn't like the word try. I say trying is lying. Because when I say I'm going to try something, I'm giving myself an out. You know, um, for example, um, you know, a friend says, you know, can you come this afternoon and help me rearrange all my furniture? I can say, you know, I'll, I'll try. I'll try. And then I can always say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I tried, but it just didn't work out, right? Um, you know, but I don't try to brush my teeth. I don't try to sit down. I don't try to stand up. I just do it. I don't try. I just do it. And so this is where willingness comes in, you know, willing um, and honest enough to try. Willingness means, as a a, a dear friend in program um, taught me, willingness is not wanting to do something. It's doing it even though I don't want to. And for that, I need to be honest enough because, you know, that honesty will give me the willingness to do something I don't want to do. And the truth is, I cannot eat on a lie. I cannot, on, on the truth, I can only eat on a lie. So if I tell myself, oh, Nessa, you can just have two cookies, even though that's a blatant lie, because I have never in my entire, you know, almost six decades in this world been able to have just two cookies. Uh, I'm giving myself permission to eat, but if I tell myself the truth, if I'm honest with myself and I say, you know, Nessa, you cannot have just the cookies. You've never have been able to have just the cookies. You know, it starts with two cookies and it ends and it continues with the whole box. And then you move on to the potato chips and then you go on to the this and the that. And, you know, you know, and it never ends. That's the truth. You know, um, I need to be honest enough to tell myself whatever I've been doing has not been working. Whatever I've been telling myself to give myself permission to, you know, to slack off has not been working. And that will make me willing not to try, but to do. And what, get, what got me there was pain. The only thing that got me to that point was pain. When the pain of being in the food was so much greater than the pain of not being in the food, uh, that's when I became willing and honest enough to do, um, to do whatever I needed to do, to keep the food down even though it was uncomfortable, to work the steps even though it was a lot of work. Um, 
because I just couldn't continue doing what I was doing. I became, you know, like, a, like, it, like it says, um, you know, uh, uh, alcohol beat us into a state of reasonableness. The food beat me into a state of willingness and um, honesty enough. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Wendy, it's your turn, followed by Janice PM. And Hi, Wendy, could we have the initial of your last name? You absolutely can. This is Wendy Villas and Victor in California. Could you please uh, tell us what page number again? Page 28, the third paragraph. I'm right there. Okay. So by this time, there is a solution. Um, you know, this isn't this isn't the beginning of the book, but it is in the beginning, and it's still a part of step one. And I'm looking at the way I think and the way I eat, and I'm not really willing to do anything until I feel like I've absolutely exhausted all areas. I'm just not that type, unless I can get something out of it. And in order for me to be willing, um, you know, I'm like many of the readers, I'm willing because I absolutely, with God, with God, because I live in denial, even about my eating, when God starts showing me the truth in the first step about the way I eat and about the way I will continue to eat and my lack of powerlessness and the fact that I'm always going to pick the food up and eat the food the same way, and that day after day, the brain that got me to the refrigerator is the same brain that's going to pick me up and take me back to the refrigerator by the end of the night. When I see that that's all I'm left with, I become willing. And I don't see that. I can't even see the truth because I go from one full day and change my mind all day. I will be abstinent, and then I eat again. I will be so I can't even use my own brain to fix myself. There's nothing of myself that I can depend on. So if I'm willing and I'm doing something completely different, I absolutely believe that God has either shown me the truth or he's actually pulling me through this process. And I become willing to try because I can't go backwards. I don't even have to fully understand God. All I have to be clear of is the person that I am and the way that I eat, I'm going to do it again and again and again. And when God literally shows me that, I become willing. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy V. And Janice PM, please go ahead. Well, thank you so much, Lynn um, This is Janice PM from Massachusetts, a recovered compulsive eater. Yeah, you know, even the the title of the book, Varieties of Religious Experience. Well, when I came into, prior to coming into OA and the vision for you, I didn't have any variety of how to get a relationship with God because I was taught there's only one way to God. And you go to church, you go to confession, you you know, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, that didn't work for me. So my, I had to get rid of 
I don't know how I did, but I had to get lower with my ego and my intellect and be and have my higher power dethroned because, you know, I, I, I didn't have the key to the solution. But when I came in here and I heard people, how they felt, how they saw, we, we, we did this, then I, that was the key to a solution. They exposed me to the 12 steps. I said, what does that got to do with it? Why do I have to do the 12 steps? Isn't, I have a physical problem. I have to get the right food plan. I have to go to the... No, I didn't realize that besides a physical problem, I had a spiritual malady. Now, no food plan in the world is going to remove that merciless obsession that I had in my head. No power, no human power, no meeting, but the, through these steps, it, it, it just come out a power that could bring me to a spiritual awakening and that would solve my problem. Well, my problem was really lack of power, wasn't it? Because I couldn't control. I couldn't control anything. I couldn't fix. I was powerless. So it's just amazing how the steps remove the barriers by practicing and implementing them. And then the biggest variety here is it gave me hope. Hope and and solutions. And to, my, my mind is going, oh, the most important thing was to get open-minded. I was a very closed-minded religious person. Just one way. If you're not this way, then you're not going to be saved, et cetera, et cetera. But when I came to the program and started hearing different, different religions and how they got the solution, and I'm saying, okay, Abby, Abby said, why don't you, why don't you use your own ideas and choose your own ideas of the God? Well, what a relief that was for me. It was such a relief to find out that I can open my mind and and find the the power within me. They told me that the power was inside. I'm All right, sure. So the power is inside of all of us. That's the hope and possibility for all of us. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice PM. Thank you to everyone who shared. And thank you to Team Thursday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Thursday, September the 15th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 19409. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Reva, please, would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, this is Risa P. Um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, 
and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.